Good evening, Vikings fans, and welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, we've been off air for a little while, and we're back on. And uh, uh, I, I want to say, you know, for some of you folks that have tuned in in the past and, and, know, and know Vikings uh, Territory well, are probably aware that uh, we're excited to be back here, but we're uh, we're here with heavy hearts as uh, our friend friend and founder Joe Johnson passed this summer, and uh, you know it was it was tough. Yeah, I've been with Joe for a long time doing this, probably about five years. We started with the the 3D podcast in uh, with Vikings Journal and then the Purple Journal podcast and then the Morning Joe's podcast and finally. Uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. So we've we've been through a few iterations, and uh, well, we wanted to do another. Uh, to the credit, Joe's family has, has picked up the mantle for for Joe's network of uh, uh, of websites and, and and podcasts and such, and and are carrying on. And and uh, uh, his Joe's sister Stephanie and her husband Mike Wolgum is. Uh, uh, are, are running the show, and they asked us to, to pick this back up and try it again. And, and Mike is our producer. Uh, he's in the background right now, but he's 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 producing this gig. But uh, so so we're gonna give her hell and try it again, and and, and uh, just chat some Vikings and some NFL. And to to do that, we're uh, you can see this guy who's already bored with my commentary sitting next. To pick it up, Joe. Pick it up. <laughs> Uh, we brought in, we're bringing in Mike, Mark Craig, who's a uh, uh, long time, uh, I, I found out today, 19 years uh, covering the Vikings at, at uh, the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. And he's, uh, before that, he was, he was covering the NFL in, in, in Cleveland and in Canton, Ohio. And uh, he, he's been writing, writing Vikings a long time. And, and, and now he's, uh, He's joining us here. It's it's uh it's great to have him because this this guy is the only has the only vote in town for the Hall of Fame for the NFL. So that it's it's a prize to have Mark uh, talking with us. And I just want to welcome aboard, Mark, and thanks for joining the podcast. Having me on, and you know I I'm sorry to hear about your buddy Joe. Um, you know, I was on your podcast a couple times, and uh, seemed like a great guy. Obviously, he uh, was doing a lot of great things. I'm really sorry to hear about that. Uh, not here to replace him. I'm just here to do what you and I can do with this thing. Well, that's great. We're 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 excited to have you. I mean, you've like I said, you've been around here for 19 years, covering the purple, and uh, um, you know, uh, as I mentioned too, the the old the only uh, Hall of Fame vote in town, and that that's a pretty big honor. It's something that uh, uh, I know you take seriously, and you've you've been part of. Uh, Getting some of these Vikings into the Hall of Fame, which is uh, uh, where you used to work when you were coming up uh, in the business. Yeah. Used to means you're old, you know. It just means uh, you know around forever. So yeah, no, but yeah, it's definitely take it seriously. And um, you know, whatever format they come up with, if it, if I'm a part of it, I'll uh, you know the, the all the everybody in that room gives it their all. And uh, now we have we got Hall of Famers in there now, uh, you know, contributing to to uh, to picks. So uh, Tony Dungy has a vote; he's in the room. So. Uh, it's uh, it's growing. It's uh, been good. How about that? Um, well, as we go forward with this thing, we will certainly uh, pick your brain about Hall of Fame uh, candidates and whether they're Vikings or anybody else. That's something we we'll want to talk about. But right now, we gotta we gotta kick off this 
this new Viking season. And I thought, uh, you know, maybe a way to go and just kind of go through, uh, go through the, the roster a little bit by positions and just see see where what you thought as being out at Winter uh, not Winter Park. My God, I made you myself uh, out at uh, TCO every day. You've uh, you've seen them. You've seen camp. You've seen them practicing to see what's going on and. Um, just uh, with a nod of a cap to my friend Joe, who was a big Kirk Cousins lover, I got to start there because he was he was always a staunch defender. Him and his dad are big, uh, big, uh, Big Ten fans, and and they always contend that the best quarterbacks come out of the Big Ten. So uh, wow, I don't think I've ever heard anyone contend that. But, you know, they got Tom Brady, all right. So that's good. That's pretty good. That's a good start. Drew, Drew Brees right behind him. Uh, yeah, I'll have to have his dad on and have him talk about that someday. But anyway, Kirk had quite quite the offseason, quite uh, training camp this year with the whole COVID thing. But what do you see from Kirk? Do you think do you think all this uh, fall roll is going to get in the way? Is it going to you're not going to mean a damn thing once they once they start playing? What what do you thought? Well, if he gets COVID, it'll mean something. Uh, or if he gets, uh, I mean, they got a kind of a taste of it. It was uh, it was in training camp that you know, he had to miss. Uh, five practices or whatever, you know, and they had a Saturday night scrimmage. And they only had Jake Browning as the only guy that could, uh, could practice because, uh, and at that point, they had, you know, their, their, their quarterback's coach is, is uh, helping warm up the receivers. So, yeah, I mean, if, if something happens, it's obviously going to be, it's not going to be good for Kirk's legacy in Minnesota. Uh, as far as on the field, I mean, I've, always, I've said this since before they signed him. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, to me, is a guy that when your team is good, Kirk will be good uh, when your offensive line protects to overprotect. He's going to be good. His strength is in the pocket. It's, it's accuracy. One of the most accurate, accurate quarterbacks that's ever been. Um, but when your team breaks down, he's not the guy that's going to cover up blemishes. It just, that's not who he is. And if people want to argue with that, I mean, just watch the game. So I, my contention was you can win with him, but my other contention was, do you need to pay him that much money? You're paying him money that you give to guys who, you know, are franchise quarterbacks to the point where they cover up your problems on the offensive line. They cover up problems everywhere. Uh, I don't see him as that guy. Um, I don't get any read out of the preseason because when this team doesn't have Dalvin Cook, let alone Justin Jefferson in the lineup and Adam Thielen in there only for one series or two series or whatever, I mean, I, I can't get a read on this team. Dalvin Cook has to be on the field for me to read this off. That's a good point. Uh, you know, Kirk, Kirk seems like a pretty uh, strong-minded individual, I guess that's what, what, one way of saying it. Um, but do you think that this kind of, I don't want to call it schism, that's a dirty word from the past, but uh, uh, do you think that this, this impairs his leadership at all? If, if, if you know, Everybody's out there trying to roll the boat in the same direction, and, and Kirk just saying, "Well, that's all fine and good, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do here because this is what I believe. You know, more power to me. He's, he's entitled to do that. But in a situation where you're leading a whole group of people in the same direction, and you're kind of looking off in a different direction, that is that imperative. Uh, I could be, but there's also some other big names on this team that you know, obviously it's the quarterback. Harrison Smith is a guy who's not vaccinated. Um, you know, that's a big name. Uh, Dalvin Cook uh, is a guy that's not vaccinated. Um, you know, my personal, I, you know, I, I believe it, it should be a choice, but in normal situations, in this situation, 
you know, being uh, the leader of a team that, uh, that could, you know, if there's an outbreak on the team and you're the cause of it, um, you're, you're, you're costing your team, you're costing your coach and your franchise and your fans forfeit. You're costing your teammates paychecks. Yeah, uh, if I'm in that situation, I roll up the sleeve. I know he wasn't afraid of COVID. He shouldn't be afraid of the shot, in my opinion. And, and uh, But he has a different opinion. It's a different opinion than the head coach. Um, he might have yeah. to be afraid of the head coach if he gets it, right? Yeah, well, I'm just saying it's a different opinion, Sam, but he's strong in his conviction, and you know we'll see what happens. I mean, it's uh, people aren't happy about it, um, but Kirk's going to do what he wants to do, and the NFL is not going to be able to tell him that they have to do it. Now they're putting some incentives in place that they're really going to impact not only Kirk Cousins, but uh, you know, I, if if, if uh, paychecks are taken away from guys and forfeits are put on the table, then yeah, it's uh, that's a big deal. This thing really adds some juice to a, you know, a pun intended to a to a season that's already got some. So you, you mentioned protection with Kirk and Brian O'Neill. The news of the week got a got a new contract and and I got a quote from him here. He said, uh, like uh, he said he was, said he was excited about his new contract or something. He was so happy to be here. And I said, that would be too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. That 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 uh, seems like. Uh, it makes sense to buy me. a lot of surly. <laughs> so, uh, what about that offensive line? That's obviously going to be how this train runs this year. Well, it's you know the offensive line. I mean, I've said you know since the draft that you know assumptions keep being made about this team. The draft came in a matter of two days. You know, your average fan, I would say, said, "Okay, offensive line set. We got the left tackle in the first round. We got the right guard in the." Uh, Third round, we're good to go. Uh, well, the, the left tackle hasn't practiced. He <clears throat> Wednesday was the first time that he was on the field uh, all off since he's been a Viking, and all he did was individual drills. And it's going to be a while for him. I don't know. You know, this could be. I'm already thinking it's a lost season because you just don't put him in. You know, week five, week six, or whatever. I, it's wow. just going to work this year for him. So your left tackle you know, is is Rashad Hill. Rashad Hill is a great guy. He's a good player, but he's a swing tackle that you want in there only to play the finish up a game and maybe play another game or two. You don't want him in there as a 17 game starter. Right. Uh, the right guard is as uh, a guy is Udo is a guy that has played um, seven games in his career, and I like the fact that he's a he's a basically a tackle playing guard because their center gets overpowered too much. Now, if you have a bigger body next to you know, the center, maybe the protection in the front is a little stronger than it's been the last couple of years. Uh, I also like, you know, a, a lot of people better than Dakota Dozier. You know, getting Dakota Dozier off the field, um, you know, I think will help. But Udo's got to prove himself. Uh, I like Cleveland. I think he's going to be I – like, I like him on the left side because his pedigree is a left tackle. Um, you know, O'Neal is a rising offensive line star. I like him. Uh, Bradbury, this is a key key year for Bradbury. If, if he doesn't step it up, it, it may be time to look for a new center. So a lot of question marks on the offensive line, and we just got to see it play out there. We're going to get – they're going to get tested. You know, the Hendrickson is in Cincinnati. You got J.J. Watt and, and those pass rushers in, in Arizona coming up. I mean, it's – it's uh, they got a lot to prove. And they, once again, got a lot of – a big part of the season comes down to that offensive line. Do you think that uh, in general they did get 
improve at the current play this year from what they had last year, uh, just on paper. I know we don't know yet. Well, I, I you know, but I'm saying that a, that a, uh, a guy that's played seven games in his career probably hasn't started any is a better option than Dakota Dozier. Now, it's not, maybe that's not saying a lot, but yeah, I haven't seen this, enough of this guy. I'm just, uh, so it, it's really got to play out. Uh, you know, you know O'Neal's great, but, you know, if you're off a, you know, the offensive line typically is only as strong as the weakest link. Well, they they have potentially three, three weak links. You know, I think Rashad Hill is, is going to struggle. They're going to need to come up with some creative ways um, you don't. They don't have a lot of depth at tight end now, or, or they lost a lot of talent there. Um, so yeah, you're going to find have to find ways to help Rashad Hill out, uh, and just hope that uh, that right side holds up and go from there. But uh, there's just a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of assumptions made about this team that you know nobody knows. That it's just got to play out. You're a seasoned professional at this already. I was going to segue right to. Right to uh, Irv, Irv Smith being out. The fact that uh, he he was a pretty a pretty good blocking tight end, and uh, what so was the word in in addition to a pass catching tight end, and or so we we heard last season. And with him out there, that hurts him a little bit. I think Conklin can block, but uh, they're not going to get any help from on the offensive line from the tight end with their depth right now until until they prove otherwise. I guess Do you agree? Yeah, and I mean they didn't have a lot of depth at receiver and. Uh... Herb was going to be basically their their slot receiver. He's a tight end, but he's you know, he's a receiving tight end. Take him off the field. Well, you're not going to see Conklin or or uh, uh, Herndon doing that, or, or Dylan is you know. So they got to have, I guess, you know, they got to lean on D.D. Westbrook more. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about him because we didn't see him much in the preseason or at all in the preseason. Um, so you're, it's yeah, it's it, and ironically, it's like. Zimmer, you know, did all he could to protect his, his skill players. You know, held uh, Cook out, obviously. Jefferson, real careful with everyone. The one guy he puts out there for like 11 snaps, you know, is gone for the year. So um, it's got to be hard as a coach to know what to do in these situations. You want to try and get yourself better. Uh, but it just seems like anymore, uh, every time you step on the field, there's you know, your possibility of losing someone for the year is always there. Did you see what happened today in, in Baltimore with potentially two running backs uh, going down with season ending? Yeah, I, I was sitting there saying, well, how does that happen on a Thursday before the regular season? And then, it, you know, flashback to Teddy Bridgewater, you know, it's a, yeah. basically a walkthrough before, a, uh, you know, the on the Friday before a uh, preseason game and his leg almost falls off. Uh, so, yeah, these things happen and they happen a lot. But, yeah, that, that was uh, – Amazing uh, development for the for the Port Ravens. Yeah, um, you know, just a little bit more on the wide receivers. Is it is it possible for for Jefferson to you know, with all the attention he received last year in the off season now, and how everybody's talking about him, is it possible for a guy like that to uh, to repeat what he did last year? Um, you know, what do you think? Well, with that talent, I if I'm him, I'm thinking better, not not repeat because. This guy is going to be special. This guy is all pro potential. He's pro bowl as a rookie. Um, we knew from the almost like the first day in practice when you saw just how smooth he was. And you know, it doesn't take a doesn't take a you know uh, 
Vince Lombardi to or Bud Grant to figure out, you know, when you're looking at a guy and you look at Treadwell and what he was like, and then you look at this guy and you're like, wow, you know, this guy is special. Um, I think he's going to be better. If his numbers aren't better, that's because he's getting more attention. If he's getting more attention, then you're going to see a better year from Thielen. Or uh, I was saying Irv Smith before, but you're going to see a better season from other guys, maybe Dalvin Cook. Uh, uh, because this is this guy's going to get he's going to get a lot of extra attention. You know, you talk about him being special and, you know, there are teams that pass on him and it, it happens in every draft. I mean, you know, there are players that and right away he turned out to be special in, in his rookie season. But how come other teams didn't see that or did the Vikings luck into that? You know, how, how does this happen? I mean, the Vikings kind of had Dalvin Cook fall to them a little bit. You know, and, and look at this guy, one of the top runners in the league, you know. Now, granted, when it comes to drafting offensive line, they haven't had that luck. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I just always scratch my head that the draft is such a crapshoot. And I, I like, how does this, this happen? And that's why I argue with people who love the draft every year. It's, uh, you know, I don't get the excitement level because it's, you know, the, the Lions for, well, they had that streak of when they were taking top 10 receivers and they're all busts. And then. You, know, you think all oh, the Lions, they got to quit taking receivers. I'm not sure where Calvin Johnson falls. And I think he was the most recent one, but then they picked Calvin Johnson and he's the first ballot Hall of Famer. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the Eagles right before the Vikings pick took a receiver who became nothing. Um, it happens. It happens to the Vikings. It happens for the Vikings. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, uh, if you think they're, if they went for a redraft, you think they would take uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. over Jeff Gladney? <sighs> I was going to ask you about that. Yes, I was reading. I was reading your story uh, that was in the was in the Tribune yesterday about Antoine, and I think exactly the thoughts I've had. You know, he's happy to be where he was at. He's got a Super Bowl ring, but damn, you know, wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't he be nice in in purple? Yeah, I sure would. He's a he was. Uh, I mean, he he looked like a seasoned veteran from the first time he stepped on the field. And, you know, with his pedigree, you know, and in the Vikings' backyard, he was there for him, wasn't he? Why, 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 why do you think they passed on him to? Well, they obviously needed corners, and, uh, you know, that's why, you know, you can hear teams say best, best player available, best player available. But, you know, there's, a, there's need in every pick. Uh, very rarely do you see a team just pick, you know, a position of their strength, you know. Um, you know, maybe the Vikings, when they had Chester Taylor, uh, had that really good year in 06, and then they take Adrian at, in, in 07 at, what, seven overall. But typically, it's they draft what they need, yeah. at least that. You know. Well, here, here's, for me, uh, the biggest uh, overarching question for this, this team's offense this year, and I, I'm not the first one to say it, but it, it's from the day it, it happened, I've been scratching my head a little bit and a little bit. A little bit beyond his attitude about, uh, you know, I'm not saying nepotism. Maybe Clint Kubiak has has what it takes, but I, I think this is going to be a a huge season for him. Uh, obviously, it's going to be it, it could it very well impact how how this 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 offense that played pretty well last year and put up a lot of points is going to do this year with with uh, Clint the son of. Uh, be overmatched this year is ready for the challenge what do you think there mark well I, I think that that move was made to basically just you know try and keep Lucia? the 
You froze up on me and I didn't hear your response because that, that question I just gave you was just loaded, loaded for bear. Oh, uh, you you froze up on me first. Okay. I thought, I thought maybe you saw my my picture here of Ronald Reagan and you froze. Oh, man, that that, that would have done it. That's for damn sure. Well, I, uh, I'll I'll uh, cut the the Dan Burrell question length question out and I'll just ask you: Is is Clint uh, overmatched or is he ready for the challenge, Clint Kubiak? Well, I, you know, I think I think Clint's an extension of Mike Zimmer. Um, you know, Clint's gonna do what Mike wants, and you know, uh, I'm not saying that as a knock against Zimmer. Um, when you have a Gary Kubiak, maybe you get, you know, Gary knows what to and how it fits with what Zimmer's doing. I think Clint's gonna need a lot of attention from, you know, um, from Zimmer telling him how to play, what to, you know, what to do, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a short leash there. I think, and um, unlike John D. Filippo, I think uh, Clint will toe the line and and do it. Uh, you know, they're they're, they're not going to be a, a whole lot different on offense. It's still the Dalvin Cook uh, play action. Um, Gary Kubiak's offense. It's just Gary probably obviously has more of a a feel for how to call a game, and uh, going to take Clint a while. So it's uh, yeah, there's a drop off there, but. I don't see it as anything, you know, he's not doing anything drastically different than what Gary did. Being on a short leash with Zimmer on offense, that's that's uh, something that might send uh, chills through many Vikings fans. Um, but I, I, you must have done his team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Shouldn't we be happy to have heard that uh, uh, Kirk and Zim got in a room together and watched some film today? Uh, that came out on Twitter earlier today. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know what people are expecting that you know Zimmer and and uh, and Kirk to be like uh, you know walking arm in arm out of the building and you know playing golf together. Uh, they got a player coach relationship, and you know Zimmer said said his thing about COVID, and Kirk did what he did, and you know I, I yeah I, mean, I don't think their relationship is great, but I think it's workable, and uh, I, I could be in the minority on that. I don't know, I, but I think player-coach relationship that, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's good that, uh, you know, that they're meeting and, you know, going over film and talking different things, you know, and um, it's good yeah. that, you know, we'll share his thoughts, and I'm sure Zimmer shared his thoughts on what they need to do, and so yeah, I, I can only help. I think they brought Everson back to broker that relationship, and they did. Yeah, yeah, I, well, I, I was talking to Zimmer, and he was like, you know, Everson said things about me, too, you know, so... <laughs> I mean, it's funny because uh, Everson got mad at uh, at Zimmer for calling him a good player. Uh, that was one of those where you hear it, and you know, being a hundred years old like we are, Joe, you're thinking, "Oh, okay, that's nice, a good compliment." And then you hear that it's he didn't, he, it's a he disrespected him because he didn't call him a great player. So that's today's world, Joe. I know that's exactly what you you never say I'm a great guy player on the golf course. I'm, I've been waiting. No, for that well, for you were. Again. You were great compared to me the other day, so <laughs> yeah, bring out the yeah. worst to me, Joe. We both stunk, so it doesn't matter. Um, well, you know, it's like you said earlier, it's going to be a lot of Dalvin Cook for this offense, and thank goodness that he's there, and uh, hopefully he stays healthy because that, that has been a bugaboo for him, and uh, he's gotten better. He gets stronger every year. The guy walks around like he's got built of uh, armor. Um, so we're, we're going to see for, for all you uh, fans out there that have Dalvin on your fantasy team early on, he should be 
until they wear him down, he should be getting a lot of carries, right? I mean, you got you know potential. Well, you got two superstars. You got when they're healthy, you got you got Cook and at, at the running back and and Jefferson a receiver, and Thielen's no no slouch either. So uh, the skill positions there. Uh, Kirk, if he's protected, can can distribute the ball. Uh, if he's not protected, Kirk's not going to get it done. Just the way it is. Well, that and that's going to uh, wrap up our, our assessment of the offense and the Vikings this season. We're going to go into the next segment. We're going to go into the defense, but uh, for now, we're going to let we're going to take a break. So all that uh, that twenty minutes of, of ads that we've got booked for this show already. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, can play, but uh, uh, that's it. So we'll uh, we'll pause now and we'll, we'll we'll pick up in the next segment on the defense. Welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself uh, and Mark Craig. I think we're going to call this Men with Hats. This is a new segment, uh, Old Men with Hats. Maybe that's the way to go. The OG, OG podcast. For, uh, I'm the original gangster, and he's the old guy. So we'll, we'll go with that. I'm sure Mark, Mark has no problem there. We're, we're talking the worst, about part of the, worst part of the pandemic for me was having to see my head for the last year and a half. So it's uh, <laughs> other than that, I've been healthy. A lot of Zoom calls, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were talking in our first segment about the Vikings offense. Now let's go to the defense. And uh, uh, the defense was really, you know, really a disappointment last year. And had Zimmer, Zimmer focused on it from the get-go in, in free agency. And, and uh, you know, I, I want to ask the question, uh, do you think he got it right? But we probably don't know that until it will happen. But he made a lot of moves, and, you know, it, it's it's really interesting. Let's start with the defensive line where there's four new faces this year, technically four new faces, and 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 the interior line uh, where they, they, they got Michael Pierce coming back from uh, the COVID sit-out and uh, uh, Dalvin uh, Tomlinson, who's, who I like to call uh, – uh, a running stopper that will uh, kick kick running backs ass and take names literally take their names you know Delvin and Tomlinson Delvin Cook okay I worked a little hard for that one but I got a smile out of Mark so I guess I'm gonna go with it but anyway you know that we were talking the other day and and Mark you think that they're gonna stop the run just kind of like I stopped you on hole number fourteen of our match is that uh, is that what you thought yeah. Well, you call it a disappointing. I, I think disgraceful might be a better better explanation of last year. I mean, they gave up 475 points. I think it's nine points uh, shy of the record for the team, which I believe 84. You Vikings fans remember 84. Uh, five points less than what got Leslie Frazier fired. Um, but, you know, there was injuries all up and down the roster. They uh, completely whiffed on the decision to go with rookie corners, especially in a pandemic. Uh, um, you know, but I mean, the injuries just devastated them. So, but yeah, the, the tackles. Um, you know, I don't think I have to see this one. <laughs> I think I know that Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson are better than Shamar Stephan and Jaleel Johnson. Um, and I like the depth. You know, those guys, especially on. You know, uh, Sunday in Cincinnati when it's 90 degrees and it's kind of that humidity there on the river, you've got uh, an you got an Armand Watts coming in who I think is is 
is a, a good player who's, who's an improved player this year. And you have Sheldon Richardson as a backup. So having Sheldon Richardson coming in uh, as, as a backup is, is pretty good depth. And also uh, Everson Griffin, if he's if he's activated, uh, I can see you can, you're going to see him as probably an interior pass rusher and, and situational rusher. Um, so yeah, I like what they got going on there. I don't. That's one I don't think if they stay healthy, they will be markedly better than, than what they had last year. It's not saying a lot, but I think they got talent there. And obviously, Daniil Hunter, if he's healthy, um, I mean he's he's an he's a defensive MVP caliber player all pro caliber player he's still young uh he's got to prove that the neck is is back but in practices uh the guy's tremendous uh he's daniel hunter um, the other side is is Wonham. and i sort of like what uh, zimmer said when someone asked me you know, what's it like knowing that you don't have a bona fide rusher on the other side well and zimmer said we don't know that well that that takes you back to like what Daniil did. You know, at one point Daniil Hunter was a fourth round pick or third or whatever it was, third, yeah. and who you know was an unknown. Well, the Wonham is is a good player. I mean, he he could be a breakout type player, especially with Daniil being on the other side. So the defensive line is better, um, and that's going to make if everyone stays healthy, uh, it's going to make a you know night and day difference of what. Uh, they got going on this year because because last year you know, the rookie corners that was a problem, but if you if you had a pass rush and you could stop the run, they wouldn't have been as exposed as they were. Uh, so you know a lot of what happened last year, and I've always said this: whenever this team starts to fall apart, it happens with the defensive line when they can't stop the run. And I think that's why when Zimmer first came in, you know, the priority was to get. Uh, uh, a nose tackle. Then it was, you know, in last year it was to get Pierce and that, to replace Linval Joseph. And then this year it's another tackle, a free technique who has experience as a, as a nose tackle. So um, that's a priority in Zimmer's defense, Zimmer's the way he wants to play, and they're going to be a lot better at that position. You, you mentioned uh, the possibility that uh, Everson Griffin might not be active for, for this game. Do you think that's a possibility? I'm thinking, I'm wondering because, you know, with all that went on between him and we talked about in the last time about him and Zimmer and, and Cousins and what have you, they brought him back for a reason. And so I'm, I'm thinking eventually they're going to have to use him. They're going to want to use him. If you, you get to kneel and want him and Griffin rush in the passer at one time, that's that's going to be hell for. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't mean I didn't mean active. Just from a, I meant I meant not not from any of that stuff. They brought him back because they were, they set a franchise record with like twenty three sacks last year. It took until the latter part of the season finale before them to get more sacks than Jared Allen had in two thousand eleven. <laughs> so, you know, they brought him back for. I'm talking about if if I mean he, he was not in prime shape. Uh, yeah. You know, in, in the preseason, he had like a handful of snaps, and he got a sack and a pressure. Um, so I would think he'd be active. Uh, I don't know all that other stuff. If there, if that was a problem, they wouldn't have brought him back. So right. I mean, you got a good rotation now. You got Stephen Weatherly. You know, we'll see snaps. Like, you're gonna see a you're gonna see a lot of rotating uh, off defensive linemen on, uh, especially probably early in that game. And then uh, you know, if, if they should win the game. Uh, 
if they don't, then you know, sound the alarms because that's this is a game they need to win, or not, not a must win. And I don't say must wins until they're absolutely must wins, but this would be concerning if they lost this game. So they're going to be able to play a lot of defensive linemen in this game. I um, then let's go to back. Uh, the, the defensive line looks set. looks looks good. Looks tough. Uh, um, I'm hoping what it is on paper it will be in the games, but. Uh, the linebacking core, we got a question there, a big question. A Anthony Barr still not uh, gotten back on the field. In fact, he didn't practice today, right, Mark? You were, were you out at? Uh, yeah, he practiced yesterday and, and uh, was feeling, uh, had some effects from, you know, hasn't practiced in so long. It's had some effects, so he set out to, you know, today. I don't know when this runs, but I'll, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say he's not playing Sunday. So uh, I just can't see you put him back, putting him on the field after he hasn't practiced. Um, one day and however many weeks or whatever it's been, I think it's going to take a little time for him to be back. Uh, that's a huge drop off. Um, Nick Vigil is a good player, um, who you know would be good as that third linebacker in that twenty-five percent snap range. But you know, for a guy that's going to have to play three downs, you know, that's that's not good. He's he's not a terrible player, but he's not a three-down you know linebacker that you want out there all the time. You know, Eric Kendricks is – if he didn't get hurt last year, Eric Kendricks would have been a two-time – two consecutive years first-team All-Pro. He is absolutely prime – the prime of his career. Um, sees the game, still fast enough to get to where he's – what he sees. Um, and he's probably got got that for maybe another couple of years at least. Uh, so keeping him on the field, I mean – Whenever he went out last year, that was the final straw. That's whenever the defense yeah. became, uh, went from struggling and and overmatched to being a flat out embarrassment on Christmas Day. You know, it's um, he was the final straw when his when his calf gave out. It was like there's nothing left. Um, he's a tremendous, tremendous player. Uh, the third linebacker is going to be just uh, you know Troy Dyes look good, Blake Lynch, uh, but you're you don't have a Real strength there at all. Are you okay with the depth in the linebacker unit or no? Oh, well, not right now. No, I, I, I people could be. Um, you know, Kendricks is a three down player who's an all pro caliber player. The rest of them, you know, they got to be piecing it together. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Um, uh, moving back to the secondary, uh, there's, there's some. There's some uh, new faces back there. You got Harrison Smith, who just signed his uh, contract to, to hopefully make him a Viking for life, is which he said he wanted to be. Uh, but uh, other than that, it's it's uh, some new faces, and we can be excited about Patrick Peterson coming in here because it's a big name and a and a, a, a great career that he's had before he got here. Can, can that continue? Is that you know he's he's slated to start on on Sundays. Uh, what what are they going to see from him and the rest of that unit? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be more excited if it was Patrick Peterson, 2016, 15. Um, you know, but he, he's obviously, um, I mean, he hasn't has not played well in the past two years. Let's put it that way. So right now, to me, he, he's just a name, uh, a big name. Uh, but I do think that, you know, he's better than and having two corners there. Uh, Breland, uh, you know, probably the highlight or low light of the preseason for him was, you know. Tyreek Hill running past him for that touchdown. Um, I think he's got to prove himself, uh, you know, but I like the fact that they got experience there and, and I'll, I'll defer their 
their, their ability on the fit talent wise or, or what they have left wise until um, we see them play, you know, uh, and Woods, I think is a, is a decent, is a decent safety. And Harrison has still got a lot to offer, you know, versus, I think his versatility, uh, his ability to play all over that secondary helps whenever he's got, he doesn't have a bunch of kids, a bunch of toddlers running around. He, you know, he's got a babysit back there like he did last year. Um, you know, so you saw some of the frustration. I think one of the tweets or whatever they came out when he was yelling at, at Cam, uh, Dantzler, you know, just like pleading, you know, you do, you do your job. And um, I, I like the experience, but I'd like to see if they still have it, you know, uh, especially at Peterson. What what uh, what happened to Dantzler? He, he kind of really dropped in the depth chart, you know, down below Chris Boyd. And, I think uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. He came in. He was. Uh, he he was. He looked better than uh, to me early in camp than uh, than Gladney. Um, he just yeah. He dropped. And frankly, <clears throat> if if he wasn't a third round pick from last year and didn't look like he looks, you know, we we look at him. We're like, yeah, okay, that's what you want in a corner. The the length and the the athleticism and and you know like in training camp last year they were, when balls were going down the field to, to Thielen, you know, here came this long arm out of the way and swatting it away. He was playing with a lot of confidence. I don't think he has any confidence now. And I, the guy I do think who has confidence is Chris Boyd. I really like Chris Boyd uh, as a player. I think he's got a really good future. I read a quote from, uh, from Patrick Peterson who said, said Boyd has basically been in his bad back pocket all of camp, you know, Trying to learn learn position and get better at it. So uh, that's a good guy to learn from. I mean, he, uh, you know, my 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 thing with Peterson is just uh, can he do it physically? Um, you know, mentally he's tremendous. He knows the game. Um, when you talk to him or when he talks to us, um, he's a leader. I think today he might call himself a born leader or something like that. Uh, but you know, he's he's a pro's pro, and it's it's. You know, it helps if, if they can learn stuff from him. Um, how about uh, one more question on the on the secondary? How how is uh, Alexander been since he got back? Is uh, think, can you hear my question? Is it still coming in kind of rot, rough? But uh, no, Matt Alexander had a little had a little attitude when he was here early the first time around, left, and now he's back, and I think he's fired up to be here, isn't he? Well, yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't have come back. You know, I think yeah. it, grass is greener type of deal where. First of all, he came in and he thought he was a little bit better. They, they didn't need to listen to Zimmer. Uh, they butted heads. Zimmer has a harder head than he does, uh, which is impressive when you think of how hard a head McKenzie has. Um, learn from Zimmer. Like a lot of guys, they they fight him and then they, they learn from him. And then he had the opportunity to go. And he went and they let him go. And then he realized that he probably had a good, pretty good deal here, came back. And, uh, yeah, he's a – He's an upgrade over what they had, and you know if you can have your, he's going to be that 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 nickel corner that uh, is going to really help him, I think. All right. Well, well, let me quickly uh, ask you a little bit about special teams. Special teams, uh, Mike Zimmer's uh, nightmare, year after year after year. Uh, you know, I, I I'm just amazed at what's going on here. I paid so little attention. I figured, you know. They let Dan Bailey go, and I didn't think Bailey was great, but I didn't think he was terrible, so I was a little surprised by that. But, I, you know, I suppose bringing somebody younger and doesn't, you know, Zimmer must figure at some point I'm going to get dinged. 
by my tickers at some point. So, you know, let's just uh, get some bodies in here because I don't even know who half these guys are. What are your thoughts on special teams? Well, yeah, I, you know, I did a story for the Star Tribune on, in Saturday's paper that uh, people should read, you know, um, about Joseph and to talk to Zimmer. And he was, you know, had some, you know, good some comments, of, you know, funny comments about how uh, his uh, his relationship with kickers, which Zimmer's always entertaining on those things. Um, I'll let people read that. And uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, Joseph is a guy that's been his, his fourth or 18, 19, 20, fourth year. He's been with six teams. He's kicked for two of them. Hasn't kicked since the 2019 postseason. Uh, I don't, you know, he really, they brought in the, the rookie, Riley Patterson, to compete with him. Well, he had a foot injury, only kicked two balls in a scrimmage, or, or basically a practice down at the, at the U.S. Bank Stadium. So uh, Joseph gets the job, and he didn't really wow him in practice. Uh, missed his two 50-yarders in the game. Didn't really do anything to stand out, but he's your kicker. and. You know that's the story. Uh, uh, when, when I covered the the, the opener, the thirty three to six preseason, and I had I did this, I do a little piece in the paper, and uh, the only lead I could think of was at least the kicker didn't miss. I mean, that's the only thing I could think that they did, didn't screw up. Um, and anybody had two you know two short field goals. Um, yeah, I, I think whenever he misses his first kick, it's gonna be uh oh, here we go again. Um, you know. Going back to Blair Walsh, it's going to be that way with Zimmer. Uh, it's kind of funny when Zimmer went, he went and roasted uh, Marv, uh, uh, Lewis, Marvin Lewis, and uh, and Zimmer was was joking. Uh, I think he'd had a. I've told the story in the paper uh, <clears throat> that Zim was was one of the guys roasting him, and he, and he had had a few you know red wines in him, and and said, "I used to wonder why Marvin Lewis couldn't win a playoff game," and and then I found out. I had the same problem with the kid, and then my going to say, then my kicker missed, and uh, so a lot comes down to these guys, and uh, you know it'd be nice to have a little more experience at kicker, but uh, that he is what they got. They'll just score touchdowns, and all you have to do is worry about extra points. That's that's how it will go. Oh that, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that wraps up our uh, defensive segment. And gosh, Mark, we need another break because I'm old and I'm I'm tired. I'm worn out from all this already. So. So we'll take a quick You're break. Yeah, that's for sure. We'll, we'll come back with uh, – we're going to chat with a segment that's uh, – uh, we're going to tap tap Mark Craig's uh, NFL knowledge. He's the NFL insider for the Star Tribune, and he, he's written about the NFL for years and knows them inside and out. So he's going to talk a little bit about some of the storylines that uh, uh, we're going to see happening this week or this year. And then – do a little prediction, little, little, little. Uh, we'll put it, put, we'll roast him a little bit. See who he thinks how the Vikings will do in the, in the NFC North and how the playoffs will go and uh, who he's got on tap to win it all. So, uh, come on back and we'll see you. We'll see you then. And welcome again uh, back to uh, Vikings territory breakdown with uh, myself, Joe Oberly, and and Mark Craig and. Uh, uh, we want to talk. We want to tap now. Mark's uh, long-seasoned uh, uh, experience as an NFL writer, and and he's been he's been covering them since his days in Cleveland, where he grew up, and uh, then he went to move to Canton and and uh, worked for newspaper there for a while and covered them before coming to to Minnesota here, and he's been covering them ever since. So he's he knows his stuff, and so we've got uh, you know. It's quite the off season. There's a lot of stuff going on, and you know, 
Uh, Mark, what uh, any stories that stick out that you want to you want to talk about? Well, I love the fact that uh, you, you got seven billion dollars worth of stadiums that we're finally going to see some fans in on Sunday and Monday night. Uh, fascinated to watch what happens with the Rams, and I think they they overpaid on Matthew Stafford. But you know, if they win it all in their stadium in, in Super Bowl Fifty Six, then it they it pays off. But fascinated to watch that game. Um, you know, they play the Bears on Sunday night at SoFi Stadium, five billion dollar stadium. The Raiders open the next night against the the Ravens uh, in Vegas. I mean, it's gonna be fun, I, I, really gonna be fun to see the fans. But I didn't think I would miss the fans as much as when you're watching these games. But uh, good to have them back. I mean, last year the NFL had a, the home teams were under 500 for the first time ever, uh, as you saw in Week One when Aaron Rodgers was coming to the line of scrimmage in a dome in Minnesota, laughing because his hard count was changing the game with all those offsides in the critical situations. Uh, you know, the five quarterbacks uh, are going to be fascinating to watch and uh, could be a situation based on where he went. He might be, end up having the best year. Uh, you know, Mac Jones looks pretty good in the preseason. Uh, he looks sharp. Uh, and that's, the Vikings passed over. You're right. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of times it's where guys go. You know, it's um, can determine how, how their careers turn out. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer starting a new era in in Jacksonville. I personally don't think Urban Meyer is going to be able to, to withstand the losing it's going to take to get to turn it around. Uh, but it'd be fun to watch Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think he'd be running for his life for a while. Uh, Justin Fields, I think the Bears are making a mistake. I, I you know, like to say he should be starting. It's uh, people compare it to the Patrick Mahomes situation. It's not the same. Alex, he's you know, not, he's, Alex Smith isn't ahead of him. Um, this is a situation where I think, you know, Justin Fields should be starting. He probably will be. And then our guy, the Minnesotan, Trey Lance uh, in, in San Francisco, how, how long can Garoppolo hold him off? Uh, and if he doesn't if he, if he doesn't play this year, he's the future in, in San Francisco. Um, you know, the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers and all the drama. I never once for one minute believed he was going to leave. They weren't going to trade him. He wasn't going to Jeopardy and all that crap. Yeah, he, uh, he had no leverage. The team had all the leverage. He had no leverage. Uh, he's, uh, but he, you know, he, he's gonna. I feel that they're gonna have a fantastic season, and it's gonna be one of those where further cementing the fact that all this off-season drama is just a twenty-four-seven loop that mesmerizes the, the average fan so that they never take their eye off the ball. Um, well, he, uh, just to touch on that real quick, he. He knew that too. You know, he, he knew that he didn't, he, he like Favre knew I don't have to show up for all the OTAs. I can play this little game. What Once the Packers, I believe it was the Packers who let out, let wind of uh, the negotiations that were stalling and stuff. Once that got out there, you know, uh, Aaron didn't care. He says, you know, he knows he's, he knew he was going to show up eventually because he's not going to not play and he's not going to, uh, he doesn't have any leverage with the team. They, they're not going to trade him. So we all knew this was going to happen. And so he just kind of had his own offseason. Okay. He would play golf with with uh, Phil Mickelson and and Tom Brady, and and uh, you know ha had a nice time. It, it is kind of silly at some point because we all get so worked up about all this crud. And uh, hey, hey, Joe, I my daughter's called me like back to back, and she's uh, on, on out in her car. So can we pause? Sorry.
Yeah, it's not a problem. I'll just, uh... Hello. Hello. You have to really do some piece in the Kelly, game. I'm doing this podcast. What, what? Go ahead, call her, Mark, and we'll, and we'll wait. Well, no, she, she called. Uh, it must not be an emergency, but when they call, whenever your kid's out, they call it two times in a row. You're oh, thinking yeah. power's tipped over or something. Uh, so she said she'll call later. So. All right. Well, I, 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 I was, uh, I was, uh, I was going on about Aaron. Um, just let me start back in. Uh, Aaron Rodgers aside, uh, Mark, I, I, uh, I wanted to ask you about another diva. You know, uh, we had the, we, we used to have in the NFC North, we used to have the punky QB. Then we had the diva QB in, in Aaron Rodgers. But another diva was, uh, uh, this one admittedly, uh, Stefan Diggs, when he left here, he was, he he came out and admitted to to uh it's a, at some press conference that yeah he was he wasn't the best teammate when he was when he was one of forcing himself out so you know I, I you know I think of Joe what you know Joe was uh, was pretty mad at uh, at uh, uh, Stefan when he left and so was I I loved watching him play but uh, um, I I still didn't like the way he handled things and he could have done it so much better your your thoughts what do you think about Stefan Yeah, uh, I mean. He's a receiver, number one. So you know, <laughs> most receivers aren't Adam Thielen or, or you know, I like Justin. Wait, Justin Jefferson carries himself. Um, you know, a lot of times receivers are like Stefan. They're their child. They're, they're they're spoiled children, and they act like spoiled children. And he did. And um, you know, I, to me, it's a win-win for both teams. Uh, they got he got to get out, um, and he's in a good spot. The Vikings got a. Tremendous value for that, and they didn't blow it. Unlike whenever, you know, they they traded Moss in 05, and they got they were set up for a great pick there. They could add Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> but um, and they picked Troy Williamson. So yeah. this is a case where it's a win-win for both sides. Uh, you know, he admitted it, so I will I won't argue with him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you talked about. Uh, uh, well, well, well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. On, uh, I'm gonna feed you this softball. How do you think the uh, mighty Cleveland Browns are gonna do this year? Mark's a, Mark's a native Cleveland, Ohioan, so he, he's, he still loves his Browns. You know, they, they've got the Devin Stefanski running the show, and Baker Mayfield seems to be maturing by season and getting a little bit better. And they've, it's got a nice lineup. Uh, I saw someone today predict that the Steelers are going to win that division. I don't. I don't see that happening. Do you? Well, yeah. First of all, I strongly advise Kevin Savansky not to take the job. So, uh, and he took it anyways over my. Uh, <laughs> it's a. It's a de- and that was the year that that he didn't get the job. And then he went back and got it the next year. Um, coach of the year. Um, really, I feel a. Mo- he's a. He's the modern coach how they hit the temperament of a modern coach that can succeed. Uh, he listens, uh, he's patient, thinks before he speaks, um, and just a, you know, just a real good leader. Um, and in today's Star Tribune, I had like pages of predictions that probably I, each year when I look back the previous year to see what I did, I, I sort of cringe when I look at like a predicting Mike McCarthy as coach of, year, coach of the year, stuff like that. Uh, but I, you know, I have, uh, I have to actually have Baltimore winning that division. It's the best division in football. And I have the Browns being a wild card and uh, 
making it to the AFC championship game and beating the, the Chiefs in the divisional round this time. There's that uh, Cleveland. They won't, they won't fumble through the end zone this time. And, <laughs> but then losing to the Bills in, in the AFC championship. Who are, who are the Bills going to play? Who are they going to play in the Super Bowl? Well, I've already heard some comments about this one. Uh, I have a team from Wisconsin uh, oh, winning my. the uh, and going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, and then, you know, then get your popcorn and see how they how they what uh, how Aaron Rodgers handles going forward as a Green Bay Packer. That's spoken like a true Raider because that is obviously the best story that could happen if if Rodgers and the Packers win the Super Bowl, and then they got but to it, go and sit down in a room and talk about things after the season. Right, but it's. I mean, it's also the fact okay, you can't lose sight of the fact that this is a team that's gone back to back thirteen and three. Uh, it's gone to the NFC Championship game two years in a row now. They haven't. Uh, they they got crushed uh, the pre last year and then uh, or two years ago and then you know blew it this past year. Uh, but this is a team that's very good. They got a. You know, it's always hard to predict how when a team like the Vikings that's good, but they don't have a great quarterback. How well they're going to do? I used to just say eight and eight, and but now the NFL makes you pick a side <laughs> with a seventeenth game. But with you've got as much as you got talent in uh, in Green Bay, offensive line, you got you know not good enough receivers. They got a great re- one receiver. The defense was good last year. I think it's going to be better this year. Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have drafted the corner that they got, but I think he's going to make them a better defense. Uh, so this is a team that's knocked on the door and. They have the the best player in the league uh, from last year and maybe this year, and I think they're they're going to go away. God, we're going to be the best love podcast in Wisconsin this year after yeah. that prediction. Aren't you uh, number one? Uh, uh, where where were you number one in Costa Rica? That's right. correct. Yes. Yeah, so. Let's defend the title in Costa Rica. There you go. I uh, what, what about what about the Vikings? You know how how are they going to how are they going to do in the NFC North? They're going to. Zimmer loves to play against Rodgers, and, you know, he's got a better defense to go against him this year. And he did take one game from him last year over there, so he likes to play Aaron Rodgers. He's going to play him tough. That's a couple tough games for the almighty Packers, don't you think? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the people that don't like Zimmer, you know, they make some good points sometimes. But also, you got to look at games like last year when they went to the Lambeau. He played seven rookies in that game. At one point um, – you know, they had a safety playing uh, uh, nickel corner, um, and they win the game, you know. And so they, they played complementary football, and, and, and that, they pieced together that win over – and Aaron Rodgers had the ball in his hand with a, in a one-score game. They could have won it at the end, and he didn't win it. Yeah, they them sacked him at the end, I believe, something like yep, that. Yep, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean uh, – those two are, you know, Zimmer and Zimmer in 2015, you know, played the way he wants to play with Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback. They go into to Lambeau in week 17 uh, and win a typical Zimmer game. Uh, Teddy Teddy threw for, I don't even know if he threw for 100 yards that game, uh, but they win the game. So, yeah, it's a good, it's a good back and forth. Uh, you know, Rodgers, I, no offense to Zim, but I, I put my money on Rodgers. Uh, in situ, you know, to, to play well and uh, to be the best quarterback uh, by far in the North. 
I'm going to scratch off Zimmer for, he was going to be on a guest here next week, but I guess he probably won't now after you said that. So we'll get rid of yeah, that. I was praising for beating Rodgers in Lambeau. Well, <laughs> fans, but. Uh, I, I got the Vikings. Uh, that, it's got a very tough schedule. I, I'm thinking uh, 10 and 7 and possibly sneaking in as a wild card. Now there's more wild card teams and uh, it all depends on how things fall. You know, you, uh, you you could see a wild card coming out of the East this this time with if, if Washington and Dallas are up to the height, um, and there's good te- there's a good uh, good uh, uh, division out West too. So it, it you know, and and you got uh, the Saints and the Bucks down South. So it's it's going to be tough in the NFC. I, you know, with the purple blood cursing through my veins, I'm going to go ten and seven, and, and and they sneak into the playoffs. Well, I, I I had him nine and eight uh, in the paper today in the Star Tribune today. I had him nine and eight and uh, nine and eight and win the the seventh seed, obviously. So ten wins is gonna you're gonna you're gonna make this the uh, the playoffs there, Joe. Okay. Uh, they're they're gonna uh, lose to the to Tom Brady and the Bucks, uh, number two seed. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's, there's just so many variables with this team. Uh, it's an even-numbered year, which is or odd-numbered year, which is good uh, uh, for Zimmer's history of back, forth, back. When he cracked. Um, so, but it didn't start off well with your left tackle being hurt. Uh, but you know, I think they're more than capable of winning nine games, getting in the playoffs, and then who knows? Well, I you know I don't know if we brought this up yet in this podcast, but Mark does work for the Star Tribune, and he <laughs> he. He just put out a bunch of uh, content today that was in the paper and online about the Vikings, and he's got more coming the rest of the week. So go there and check that out. Um, yeah, we, meantime, we talked to sit down with Zimmer uh, is, is well worth the read on Sunday. Uh, so nice. pick it up. Z- Zim and Mike are marked uh, talk through the years, and they, they've got a good relationship. That's always a great, uh, a great one, a great read. You, you don't want to miss that. And, I like him. I like I like him. He's an he's an old he's an old crusty guy. So I, I feel I feel like we're we're closer to him than we are to Sean McVay. So he should be on this podcast. Well, the old crusty guy. The old crusty guy's got to stick together. Yeah, he's, he's, you give him a hat, and he'll be on the old guy's OG podcast. So uh, in the meantime, ch- check out Mark uh, on Twitter at at uh, Mar- Mark Craig NFL at Mark Craig NFL, and I'm at Joe Oberly. Uh, I guess I should probably golf? put in NF- golf. There you go. Oh, go over the golf. That's it. But uh, uh, we appreciate you checking us out. We uh, we're excited to to carry on this tradition for Joe Johnson, our our friend and founder. Who Joe, we miss you. Really, I really, really miss you. And after this this night with Mark, I still miss you. <laughs> yeah. but, I don't blame uh, you. I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, uh, tune in and we're, we're going to be parceling these out. We're going to do this every week and we'll be back and we hope you check us out. And thanks to you, Mark. Thanks, uh, Mike, behind the scenes. And uh, as Joe would always say every week to end the show, go. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Mark. I, I really appreciate you doing it. We'll uh, figure out a time next week. We can do it, you know, more uh, 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 post game segment, pregame segment, and then we'll do an NFL segment.